Remember Moses Morales? Who? The Mayan guide I told you about. From your trip? Yeah. The last night I was with him, he told me about his father, who had died. But Moses wouldn't believe it. Is he? No, no, listen. Listen. He said if they dug his father's body up, he would be gone. They'd planted a seed over his grave. The seed became a tree. Moses said his father became part of that tree. He grew into the wood, into the bloom. And when a sparrow ate the tree's fruit, his father flew with the birds. He said, death was his father's road to awe. That's what he called it. The road to awe. Now, I've been trying to write the last chapter and I haven't been able to get that out of my head. Why are you telling me this? I'm not afraid anymore, Tommy. Everybody. <laughs> Forgot how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. It's the show where we don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't. And we're here to once again meld minds on the topic of cinema. Make our brains film. wavy. Cinema film. Kino. Kino. <laughs> Do you hear me? Do you understand me? I say Kino. What's the frequency, Jeremy? What's the frequency, <laughs> Kino? <laughs> I read recently that the, that song is about, you know that song? What's the frequency, yeah, what's Kenneth? Frequency? Kenneth? Kenneth. Uh, it's about... It's gotta be uh, about somebody real. There's no way you'd pick Kenneth otherwise. Well, it's about um, a crazy guy who attacked... I believe Walter Cronkite. Mm. He just like ran up to him and started beating his ass in New York City. Nice. And, and just started was screaming, "What's the frequency, Kenneth? What Kenneth, cool what's guy. the frequency?" <laughs> That's what that song is about. That's great. Um, he, he was, was calling Walter Cronkite Kenneth. Yes. That's even he was, better. He, he was saying, yeah, he was saying something that wasn't. Oh, sorry, it was Dan Rather. Um. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> it was Dan Rather, but he was he was a schizophrenic and he was having a problem. But oh, it's um. Hey, well, there's no need to. There, there's like, no who, need who to are we to, to let. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who are we to judge? Who are we to say? I wasn't there. We don't know. I Maybe don't know. He was doing a cool thing. Maybe he was doing a cool thing. And and being, I want to say, by the way, it's a very ableist uh, idea that just because. Your schizophrenic means you can't do a cool thing. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you can't commit based acts of stochastic violence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In some uh, ways, it makes you more likely to do such things. It's, yeah, you might say so. 
Um, but you might not know about it, and that's the problem. Mm. Um, anyway, that's not what this show is about. The show not all is about the time, anyway. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just about whatever we want it to be about. But today, I think specifically, we should make it about movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think for once, I, you know, like, for once, I think we should make it about movies think, where we don't take ourselves or the movies too seriously. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> We've 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 been a little loose lately, and sure. I feel like we should probably take a break from that and and talk about the movies. Right. Uh, so speaking of movies, uh, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You are I, welcome. Uh, I watched a couple of things this week, actually. Um, Interesting. I watched. Uh, That's well, first new for of all, you. you. You've been you've been on a big like forgetting to watch stuff wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just not having time or whatever. Uh, I watched That's a couple I mean. couple of good things this week. One, just a quick shout out to uh, I. I watched a very good uh, skate part that I posted in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, uh, go ahead and look this up on the YouTube channel for the skateboard magazine website. Uh, Jankum. Uh, Jankum. There's a video part by a skateboarder Best drug. named uh, Marby, and uh, she is a she's a trans woman skateboarder uh, who has kind of taken the whole scene by storm in the past. Uh, How do you spell it? M a r b y b i e I believe Marby. Uh, Marby. Uh, she's been taking the taking the scene by storm the past couple of years, uh, and she just put out. I think it's her first full 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 part it's called ruining skateboarding uh which is a fantastic name for (laughs) your part when uh you know that every comment under it is like fucking woke bullshit fucking trans women in skateboarding how dare they how dare uh but her part is incredible it's really fun uh it's a fascinating piece uh of not just good skateboarding but also like um an interesting approach to filming a video part. There is as much time spent on like everybody puts in bales. Everybody puts their, you know, a couple of slams into their part, uh, usually to, to stretch time and to show that you're a tough guy and whatever. Hers are explicitly (laughs) to be funny. She only puts the funny bales. None of them are like hard slams. They're all like one of them is literally, she like pushes, like it's one push and then falls flat on her face. (laughs) Because she just like hits a rock. <laughs> Damn. Very funny bail. <laughs> uh, so that's very cool. Additionally, her signature move is called the butt slide, which is a backside board slide where uh, she just literally sits down on what she's sliding down and just slides on her butt and on the board. <laughs> and it's like such a awesome fucking like it, it's so rare that you have pro skaters anymore who have like a Tony Hawk's pro skater style signature move. Uh, and, and hers is very funny. And, uh, the other thing is that instead of, there's a very common trope in skate parts where like, you know, the big trick, uh, ends with like a, a pan whip pan over to like the crew that's hanging out with you. And they're all like, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, to suggest that it's been a long battle with this trick and whatever, uh, Marby's version of this uh, is, um, really long intimate and passionate hugs 
so <laughs> it's like she doesn't have like a whole crew with her it's just one friend and she like gets <laughs> the trick goes over to her friend and just hugs really tight and like the camera like will like get in on it and like stay there for a little while it's really something it's something else i've never seen a part like it i really is, really love it is uh is she good she's pretty good yeah aside from like, being very it? funny and like doing you know the butt slide is like a funny you know bad trick in some ways <laughs> but um she also does some very technical stuff that's pretty cool nice what is like what is her style generally uh very very techy very like low like low curb low ledge low mm-hmm. rail sort of flip in flip out sort of stuff um pretty good nice. pretty damn good I'll anyway check it out. that's one thing Second thing, I watched the uh, the twenty 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 the twenty twenty two remake of the nineteen something nineteen ninety something remake of the nineteen forty something film I Father of it. the Bride. Uh, they no, no, made no, no, a no, new version of the new version. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay, the Steve Martin version of Father of the Bride is a remake. Is a remake of an old movie, which I always forget. I and always then this is a remake know. of that as well. And um, and it came out this year. Came out this year. Came oh, out on no. HBO Max, I believe. With Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. Yes. That uh, is no good. <laughs> it's it's no good. It's very bad. It's I right off the bat would not recommend it. Uh, however, uh, it's an interesting movie because it's like. It's it's one of those ones that just like perfectly keeps your attention just enough that like you don't ever turn it off and you don't ever really fully engage with it. So you're just kind of always in this weird little liminal space where you're like, okay, now this part's happening. Oh, but no, this not, part's happening. It's not offensive or or no, like, it's not offensive. It's very. It's, it's not, not very funny. Bad. It's not interestingly bad. It's pretty lackluster. What's fascinating about it, though, is three things that I wanted to talk about. One is that it is a mid-budget romantic comedy, which just doesn't really exist anymore. Okay. Um, So that was interesting to see. And I I hope that, at the very least, I hope that more people make this kind of movie just for the sake of having another type of movie out there again. Well, I feel like that's it's interesting because that has been the case for a lot of the past... 10 years mm-hmm. mid-budget rom- rom-coms and adventures like kind of went the way of the dodo after like marvel kind of took over yeah in the early in the in the mid-2000s but i think the thing is is that the covid changed everything and so now you're getting because this movie was not in theaters no this movie is a straight to hbo max hbo max movie and so we're getting what's it's you know a little silver lining of the pandemic i suppose (laughs) is uh that we're i we kind of have been getting more of these kinds of movies like weird um i mean not not this kind of movie specifically but i feel like in general we've been getting more like mid-budget yeah um small basically tv episodes that are like on streaming straight mm-hmm. to streaming movies that are like they can be anything um so then the second thing i want to bring up is, oh this is you literally have nothing to say about like it's it's that just like nothing <laughs> oh no no this is the other thing about this movie oh, that I wanted oh, to say ahead. is um that it is about this version of it is about uh andy garcia is a cuban father of a cuban family and his okay. daughter is is marrying a mexican 
And so some of the comedy of the movie is in the culture clash between the Cubans and the Mexicans. And um, in fact, it's basically the only comedy in the movie. Uh, And (laughs) Uh uh, I was just very interested in that because that's also not a super common thing in the movies these days is treating uh, different Latino populations as different populations. (laughs) Yeah. Having different cultures and not just uh, like the the culture clash is between the two. You know, it's not like Mexican and white or, you know, whatever. Like it's it's. It is it is Mexicans and Cubans and going deep into like the different cultural you know nuances and tchotchkes and whatever that like the, that each of them hold on to and like the traditions that mix and the ones that don't and whatever and and that's an interesting thing the 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 Mexican family is like the family of a billionaire uh, Mexican beer guy uh, okay. he like he They're owns rich. one of the two Mexican beer companies yeah. Uh, so it's like the Andy Garcia's character is like he's a pretty rich architect in Miami and he thinks of himself as like the big dick rich guy and he's like father of the bride so he's like I'm paying for everything you don't pay for anything little Mexican boy and then he like meets the Mexican <laughs> guy's uh, dad who is a fucking like globe trotting billionaire with like a hot 20 year old wife <laughs> And like, he's like, all right, well, if you're paying for everything, like, you know, you should know we have a gigantic Mexican family. There's going to be 500 people from our family at least. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that part's interesting. The third thing about it that I wanted to say is that uh, it features a one Ruben Rabasa, uh, who you may know as um, the guy from I Think You Should Leave, who is in the car focus group. Oh, who, that guy. <laughs> who, you know, says, uh, a wheel that does not fly out the window. <laughs> While you're driving. <laughs> that oh guy is God. in it. He's featured very prominently as the Cuban family's, like, elder uncle. He's the <laughs> band leader of, like, this infamous band that played at the Andy Garcia's wedding and whatever. He's, they don't give him nearly enough to do, but he is still charming and funny, and, and I'm happy to see him getting work. Yeah, that's crazy. Because he's so funny in that. He's so unbelievably funny. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because they didn't reuse him in in season two. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe he was in it. I don't know. I didn't really watch all of season two, I don't think. Um, what? Yeah, no, I didn't really. It didn't catch for me as much as the first one did. Oh, you got to try again. Yeah, I'll get around it's to it. It's very fun. <laughs> Uh, and um, then uh, the the last thing I watched. Did they I mention to- anything uh, about the uh, politics, or is it just a like- tiny bit? Yeah, here and there they try to they very clearly try to like keep clear of it, but it it can't help but come up just based on the fact that they're Cubans in Miami. They're there for a reason, you know. Right. <laughs> so like he brings up like you know that he he's like he tells like exaggerated stories of getting how perilous it was to get to america to find his family a better life and we had to run away from the from the revolutionaries yeah like we had to like float over on a raft and like his daughter is like you flew you know (laughs) (laughs) you were already rich (laughs) uh and um one time somebody uh there's like they have like a waspy white uh, millennial uh, wedding planner lady who keeps calling them this is a funny recurring gag she calls them latinx uh, <laughs> she uh, says like a latin x out latin loud x, but she says latinx um, <laughs> and they're like shut up <laughs> yeah well they already like d- wouldn't know what latin x is but they <laughs> uh but but she at some point uh refers to them as immigrants and he's like exiles 
Exiled. Whoa. Um, <laughs> That's weird that you'd want to be called exiled. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, uh, so that's that. And then the the other thing I want to talk about very briefly is I watched the goddamn Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, the unfathomable Yeah, the unbearable of weight of, uh, uh, of whatever talent. Massive talent. Massive talent. Um, I don't think that's it. <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent, yes. Okay. Uh, very good. I liked it a lot. Very good. <laughs> Not like great. I mean, I would say it's like fucking incredible. But you know what it is? You know what it is? Is it's a dumb, fun comedy movie that has no perspective. And that's <laughs> sure. something that you just don't really get a lot of anymore. Yeah. And it was very nice to like, I mean, Mo and I literally like the moment the credits rolled, we were like, you know what? I had a great time. And I'm like, I... I it's refreshing to watch something that doesn't have anything to say except <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Nicolas Cage were, you know, on an island or whatever. Right. <laughs> no, no, that's what I was trying to say that about, uh, and this is another thing, like we're talking about with these, uh, like, sort of mid-budget things that are mm-hmm. happening because of uh, the lack of theaters. Um the Lost City is kind of like that too. Yes, with Sandra uh-huh. Bullock, where it's just like this is literally about nothing. Like they don't even really mention like, you know, you know, the locals of the island. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like that. That's they they like do a a um, a cursory or like obligate obligatory like, and he's exploiting these people. But it's like that's not the point of the movie. Right. It's like we're just here to like focus on two people. I don't even think this had like even that level of engagement with any sort of like, I think so the, the bit is that it's like Nicolas Cage is kind of going a little insane and like, he's like this ego driven maniac who (laughs) just wants like nothing but like endless stardom. And he like, can't really connect with anybody anymore because of his, his lust for fame uh, and it like ruins his family. He's divorced and like his daughter hates him. And then he takes a job going to somebody's birthday party uh, to, to make them happy. It's Pedro Pascal. And then it turns out that Pedro yeah. Pascal is like a, a like organized crime leader in Spain. And uh, Nicholas Cage gets like pulled into the CIA to like spy <laughs> on him and try to like, they end up making him try to assassinate him. Uh, but then yeah. it turns out that it's not really him who's in charge. It's actually his brother. Anyway, the point is, it's just like a stupid... Uh, it's a stupid fun time. I had a great time watching it. Uh, and fucking... What's his name? Um, uh, Pedro Pascal. He, uh, he is very funny. He should be given way, yeah. way way more comedy roles he's really really funny Pedro Pascal is a really good actor he's a really good actor Um, overall but I mean like I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen him in a comedic role before I feel like I have somehow and I can't remember why yeah uh he is in um Prospect he's really good in that movie Mm -hmm. remember I told you about that movie it's like the the sci-fi movie where he's like uh he is a, it's like a, a girl and her dad are like on a planet looking for weird pearls. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, they, yeah. And then he's like the sort of bounty hunter guy. 
he's really good in that. And that one has like sort of comedy, but not really. This is just a purely comedic role. There's almost no like further depth to him. He's just this kind of like weird puppy dog child character <laughs> who's like obsessed with Nicolas Cage. So he's not the bad guy. He's not. No, he's like he's a semi antagonist, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and most of what's great in the movie is just like the fun uh, relationship dynamic and and vibing that happens between him and Nicolas Cage. Right. They have fantastic chemistry with each other. Um, there's a great scene where they both think they have to murder each other and they're like <laughs> in the car together and they're like uh, looking at each other's shoes and he like uh, Nicholas Cage is like the, those shoes are they're so nice and he's like who are you who are you talking to your shoes are nice your shoes are beautiful <laughs> those are fantastic shoes and he's like I, th- I think yours are better and they like have a little like moment uh, of hesitation and then uh, Pedro is just like do you want to trade shoes and he's like for like forever for for <laughs> like a full trade and he's like yeah let's do it and so they like take off their shoes for each other and switch shoes and they're like those are fantastic for you man like just like these like weird <laughs> little moments like this are just like incredible <laughs> so funny it sounds good i'll watch it yeah. i mean i've just I, honestly like it looked fun and i was hoping it was good and then everyone i knew said it was stupid and bad oh really i liked i i don't know man i mean it's definitely stupid but it's like it's not stupid in the way that you're worried it'll be stupid it's not stupid in the way where it's like nicholas cage is epic and he shouts and whatever like yeah I was there's worried some that was amount of that sort of like reddit ass movie there is some Reddit ass stuff in there for sure. And there's the biggest problem with the movie is that the CIA is like so thoroughly uninteresting. And like uh. the whole thing that's happening with like Pedro Pascal's cousin is like, it needs to be there for something to happen in the movie. But it's kind of like, uh, it kind of ends up feeling like once upon a time in Hollywood in some ways where like you love the vibe and the dynamic between Leo and Brad Pitt. And you're like, stop, putting obstacles in the way of this. I just want this. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I'll check it out then. Yeah, you should check it out. Anyway, what did you watch this week? I watched, uh, you know, I mostly played video games. I, uh, I, you know, as you know, my, uh, COVID has visited my house once again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) sweet lady COVID (laughs) lady in red. Uh, I, I, if I have My it, Aunt I have. Coco came to visit. <laughs> if I have it, I've had zero um, uh, side effects or symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my boyfriend has it and uh, has been laid up all weekend or all week, basically. Is he um, having bad symptoms? Yeah, he's just been like in bed like that that monkey meme who's like has the oxygen (laughs) he's just like oh oh no i thought of Um, that monkey in this movie (laughs) yeah that's why we we were just talking about that um uh but uh so i mostly i went right before this happened when uh i had like chris was having like symptoms and i was like i hope he doesn't have covid but if i get the cold that he has um I want to play video games. So I went to GameStop and got like three really weird shitty video games. So I've been playing those mostly. Um, But I will not, I did watch one movie and uh, I wanted to mention it. I watched uh, Dr. Strange two. 
Doctor Strange too. Doctor oh, the, Strange uh, too. The the, the, the madness, mind of the, ma- the, whatever. The yeah. multiverse of madness. The mind of Mencia. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange too. Mind of Mencia. <laughs> I thought when you said it, or whatever, my brain just filled in the gap, and I was like, I was like, Doctor Strange Love too. What, Doctor- what would it even be? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone emerges from like the from the ashes from of the, the nuclear holocaust. The nuclear winter, yeah. It's like twenty years later, or whatever. Mein Führer. <laughs> I made it. I made it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm still kind of laughing about Doctor Strange my defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benedict Cumberpatch being like D to D. That's the sound you make. That's the sound you make when you say something stupid. D to D. D to D. He's doing the hand too. Yeah. <laughs> We can do it because I can't see it. You can't see it. <laughs> Don't um, worry, it's a respectful gesture. <laughs> um, this is a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I keep watching them. <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew up with the Marvel. I grew up reading Marvel comics. I kind of just watch it all the time. I, I've skipped a bunch. I think I can't really remember the last one. I just straight up didn't see. Oh, Captain Marvel. I just didn't mm-hmm. watch. And I didn't watch WandaVision, which apparently was a mistake because half of this movie is just fucking about WandaVision. Really? And I was, I, I literally Everyone said it was good. People liked that. I thought it didn't look bad. Uh, it has, it's really cool and like sort of old 50s, like surrealism and stuff. I wanted yeah. to watch it, but I like just didn't. Sure. Um, Who's got the time? Who cares? For fucking Wanda and her damn eyes. I, I honestly, it was one of those, I have to be honest, like that was one of those shows that was so in the fucking, uh, like, miasma the discourse. of co- the discourse specifically, uh, that I just was like, ah, I don't need to. What is, <laughs> like, what I, is uh, grief, but love, what is it like? Yeah, I don't know. What is grief, but love? prospering oh was that one of the things people were making it was the one that's like it was like a line from one of the episodes that people were like screenwriters across america all dropped their fucking pens and said (laughs) wow oh yeah 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 that's a line and it was just like one of those things where it was like what is love baby don't hurt me (laughs) no more Uh, it was one of those things where it's like if it was something that was going to prosper and people were actually going to like it once it was over, I would like check it out. But like, I just felt like I don't really like watching things as they come out unless I'm really interested in them. So uh, anyway, the thing about Dr. Strange is I really did like the first one. <laughs> uh, it was so surreal and cool looking. Mm-hmm. So sort of the same reasons I love the Harry Potter movies, um, the Fantastic Beast movies, where it's just like, Nothing looks like that. Like, yeah, there's except for like Darren Aronofsky movies that we talk about this week. Uh, it's just like <laughs> every shot looks so cool, and like all of these designers are doing cool stuff. Um, and I liked the first movie because of that. There's so much weird shit in it. So it's like, well, they got Sam Raimi to direct this one. Sam Raimi hasn't done a movie of superhero movies since Spider-Man Three, so let's see what's going on. Um, and it's okay. It's uh, it has 
a couple scenes full of really cool looking stuff, uh, but a lot less than you'd want mm-hmm. out of a movie like this. And so much of the story is about Wanda. And I just didn't know what was happening and they don't explain it. Like the Now you know how I felt when we watched <laughs> the fucking uh the Avengers. Well that at least like it's the first it's one of the first ones that had like Iron Man stuff that you're supposed to know, but like I guess that's No, Thor but you remember there was like I mean, obviously you're supposed to know about like all the superheroes and whatever, but then there was that one dude with like the baseball cards who like dies oh, yeah. and you're supposed to be like, No! That baseball guy. card guy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i i don't even remember who that guy is because it's been so long um but this movie is like it's about this lady who has super magic powers and she like wants her to like be with her kids and i guess her kids are either dead or something i mm-hmm. I, I watched the movie and i don't know because they didn't explain it to me um but Wanda wants her kids, so she's like going through the multiverse to like find her, like go and be with her kids. But it's like, even within, it's funny because I've seen the the Spider Man movie, the the No Way Home, and that has multiverse stuff in it that Doctor Strange does. And even like within this, it didn't make any sense because it's like there's all these rules that like if you if you travel through it like breaks stuff and it disables stuff and then it's like but that didn't happen in the spider-man movie i just watched yeah they're getting really sloppy is my point is that like they're not even really interested in keeping up with their own rules for this show that they're making three episodes of a year right uh and i found that very annoying and i was really bummed that i couldn't even watch a cool cgi fest without like having to pretend to care about like there's cool stuff like they go to the some realm where there's they're all of dr strange wizards are and one of the guys is a giant green yak um and he's really cute and good and he fights um and uh there's at the end he has to like go into um he has to basically like take over the consciousness of someone of a doctor strange from a different multiverse uh but that strange is dead so he's like zombie doctor strange so it like ends up kind of being like evil dead Tui. Mm. um like have a lot of fun sam raimi stuff where he's like his cloak is like made of skeletons and shit oh, it is sam raimi right it is actually sam raimi so it has all those like fun like you know camera zooms in and goes crazy because he's like you know it's it, it he it's he's still sam raimi um, lots of Dutch angles and like spinning camera and stuff. So it has stuff like that in it and it's like fun, but like half of the movie is figuring out what Wanda wants and I just don't care. And also I don't think it makes any sense because it's like, why didn't you just find... Who is Wanda? She's the Scarlet Witch. She's... With is she vision. a bad guy? No, she's supposed to be a good guy, but she's like going crazy in this universe because her kids died because I didn't watch WandaVision. So I don't actually know, but I think it's because she got, I, I honestly don't Who's know. Who's vision. Vision is a robot. He's a red. She's guy. married to a robot. I don't know. I really don't know. I forget. <laughs> it's been so long and they don't explain it anymore. So I, I just want to say it's getting to the point. I never thought it would get to this point because they were doing a pretty good job. I thought of like, at least just keeping that kind of stuff ancillary to the, to the movie. Yeah. You know, yes, there'd be stuff like the baseball card guy 
that would happen. But like, this was straight up. Like I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and it's not interesting enough to care. So I was, I was annoyed. Um, but I'll probably keep watching that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep drinking that garbage. Don't watch that movie. I mean, like, Unless you're, if you're a big Marvel fan, you already saw it. Yeah. So, but if you, if you wanted to jump in just in case there was cool Sam Raimi stuff, it's like, I really think that you could watch like just the end of like zombie Doctor Strange and that's like, that's fine. I have over the course of this now four different times uh, remembered Mind and tried not to laugh and tried not to laugh and specifically remembered Benedict Cumberbatch doing DT. <laughs> that's all I remember from that show I know I was trying to think of one other bit from it and I don't think I could come up with any he was just like a, a catchphrase comedian right yeah and it was I he remember was so it was all cause... like super like racist and and ableist and whatever but like and he would do like the the monologues where he's like he's like, you know, I think that you could joke about anything, and 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 that's what makes us stronger and whatever. And he was one of those guys. He's yeah. like he's patient zero for the like if you can't joke about everybody, then you can't joke about anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and that's 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 what that's what they want to do. That's what censorship wants to do. Uh, didn't he get like roasted for stealing a bunch of jokes and yeah, stuff? Yeah, Joe Rogan made his oh, made his really? name basically i mean he he had been like the fear factor host but then his big pop after that was he had a viral video of confronting him at a show for stealing jokes yeah and like making saying that his name was ned oh yeah ned holness or whatever yeah. uh, and he's not even mexican he's like colombian and he's german Hon- he's honduran honduran uh let's see some of these uh, recurring characters punji is a Hindu storekeeper who insults customers <laughs> with obvious physical canceled. or social problems. We're going to cancel just like <laughs> listing bits from his show. Carlosaurus Rex is a call-in kids show that deals with serious mature matters. Um, one thing Judge I remember, Carlos. <laughs> one thing I remember about Carlos is that he had a Comedy Central Presents that was like kind of good. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and then but then his presents is it his presents is the one that ends with like his weird little like like uh not joke. Not joke where he like he's ends like, halfway through the sentence too. Yeah, he's like sometimes But sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And then, and then walks, he walks off away. the stage. Yeah. What a weird dude. <laughs> strange guy. Anyway, we are not here to talk about Carlos Mencia. Unfortunately. <laughs> We're here to talk about Mr. Darren Aronofsky. Yes, friend of the show, <laughs> sucking Darrenofsky and his 2006 film, The Fountain. I forgot about sucking Darrenofsky. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> friend of the show, yeah. longtime supporter of the arts. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, uh, 2006 movie, The Fountain. This is his third film um, that has a very sad uh, or like a weird kind of uh, production history Mm. where he was trying to get it made for quite a long time and had Brad Pitt attached, which gave it a people. It was set to have a $70 million budget. So it was going to be like this huge movie. And then Brad Pitt couldn't do it, and uh, 
dropped from it and then he had to rewrite the whole script to do it for half the money 35 million dollars uh got hugh jackman and was able to retool the movie into a sort of mid-budget movie um and then it became what it is now um a sort of mid-budget sci-fi surrealist thing that Uh, also bombed at the box office wow absolutely trashed uh didn't make 16 million dollars uh god damn um was a huge flop almost ruined his career i believe i was gonna say i'm surprised that he got to make another movie um i believe the next movie he made was very independently funded um it only cost six million dollars uh and was huge it was a huge success the the wrestler oh okay Um, yes oh and that's yeah and that's the big mickey rourke uh return story mm -hmm. that was a that was a big unexpected hit that's right. So he he basically... He it, fucking clawed his way back he up. He clawed his way back and then made Black Swan, which is also a huge hit. And so now he has a career again. Damn, that's a really big hit. Yeah. Off of no money. 13 mm-hmm. mil for Black Swan. That's crazy. 329 million that movie made. God damn. And so, then, then he doesn't get to make big movies after that, which is kind of crazy. Or maybe he just didn't want to. I mean, Noah was pretty big, but then also a huge, not a huge flop. Weird, uh, but yeah, terrible. Noah seems to have done okay. Noah, f- Noah fucking sucks. And then Mother! Mother! Uh, not a not a flop, but just barely made its money back. Yeah. Um, Interesting so, career on Darren. Super weird career. We, did, we didn't actually mention the, the his, his opening salvo, Pi, which... Uh, was a sort of sleeper indie hit and yeah then i Re- remember liking it and then requiem for a dream which was also a weird never critical- seen <laughs> really yeah never seen it so I, I picked fountain because i think it is a good movie that is unfairly maligned in his uh career is it maligned i don't know anything about this really oh really okay so was this the first time you saw it yeah first time i heard of it first time i saw it Okay, so so Aronofsky was a you know sort of indie darling with Pi. Requiem was a critically acclaimed movie that I think has not actually aged that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it uh, it it was a uh, people liked it at the time and, and yeah, I mean I, I remember like, it, like every girl that I ever hooked up <laughs> with in in high school loved that movie. Really, um, it was a sort of it's a it's real it was rated nc-17 so it didn't like barely even came out in the theaters right um it's not that good um i think in retrospect it's kind of has a really bad perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't we're not talking about requiem maybe we'll talk about that one day uh you should definitely watch it i'd love to hear what you think about it (laughs) um but this movie was his big like okay now i'm gonna make my real i've got i've got this like I've got this like cred in the industry uh, and now I'm going to make this big, you know, manifesto of a movie. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately he had to sort of compromise to make it. Like I, like I explained, he wanted Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt had to drop. He made it for half of what he thought he could make it for. Uh, and it flopped horribly. Um, and was it, I think at the time from what I remember, uh, was pretty critically slammed uh, as sort of um, being overwrought and uh, sort of up its own ass and, and didn't make any sense. I rem- what I remember a lot of people saying is that it, it didn't make any sense. It was too confusing. 
it was too strange and weird and too artsy. Yeah, so I I did a little bit of looking around on on the old LB, uh, just seeing what other people were saying about it, and that's something I saw in the negatives a lot. Is people saying like it's confusing? It doesn't it's make any sense. Overcomplicated. It's. I was very surprised by that though because I really didn't find it particularly confusing or hard to follow <laughs> it's like no i mean in some sense you're not supposed to really follow it too closely because it's not supposed to be seen that way right like i, I think, don't think that like i i mean so what i mean what do you think do you think that the three things are actually literally like happening and connected do you think that they're more allegorical because my my perspective was that it was more allegorical like you weren't necessarily meant to be like he time shifted and really went into the conquistador timeline no no i mean i think if there's an argument the, first of all i think the okay so should you want to just kind of lay out what this movie is sure 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 so it's uh it's uh hugh jackman uh famed uh wolverine of of film and uh rachel wise who is uh i don't know who the fuck she is <laughs> She's in the mummy. Rachel Vice. You supposed to say Vice? Vice. Rachel Vice. Uh, yeah, she she's in the mummy and a couple other things and whatever. It's the two of them. And uh it's they're in three kind of like different there's there's three little segments of the movie basically that kind of like transpose over each other uh and kind of jump back and forth from each other. The first one is uh, in the 16th century, Hugh Jackman is a uh, is a conquistador for the Spanish crown in somewhere in Central America. I think in yeah. Mexico because they say that the people are speaking Mayan, um, but I think the Mayans actually went further than Mexico. Anyway, the point is somewhere in Central America. <laughs> uh, believe it's Guatemala, according to they're Wikipedia. in Guatemala. Okay, so so he's in Guatemala. Uh, looking for the tree of life uh, and uh, you know the the secret to immortality. Uh, meanwhile, back home, uh, Rachel Vice is is the queen of Spain, and she's being um, uh, persecuted by the Grand Inquisitor for trying to like play God and become immortal. And that's their that's their story. Uh, is he's trying to find the tree of life? He goes to this Mayan temple. His boys all uh, do a mutiny. They try to kill him. They don't succeed in killing him. Uh, he goes into the Mayan temple to try to find the tree. He gets killed by a a uh, high priest type dude, or maybe the king, not clear. Uh, and then also doesn't get killed in a later iteration of the timeline. Right. But we'll come back to that. Because <laughs> the other timeline is present day. Hugh Jackman is a brain surgeon on monkeys looking for the <laughs> cure for... Uh, brain tumors by the way very funny um i really wasn't sure what i was thinking about this movie right at the beginning because i wasn't really sure what it was or where it was going or what the tone was supposed to be or whatever right but there's this whole sequence where hugh jackman's girlfriend is like let's go walk in the snow we always do this every year and he's like no i'm too busy i gotta go into surgery and he goes into (laughs) surgery and they have this whole big whole thing where it's like the doctor's on his way he's in the elevator i'll go meet him there and they're like really tense he's he's open his fucking thing is open he's He's gonna gonna die die. and then but then he says euthanize and you're like euthanize so are we like in the future or something is there like something going on here and there's like a long time they let you hang on this before they finally do this very obvious reveal yeah to be like it's a monkey it's a monkey <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> as if that's you're supposed so to be like you're supposed to be like oh that's that's what you didn't go for a walk with your girlfriend for you could let the monkey die dude <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's just a monkey it's just a monkey 
But uh, anyway, so he he does monkey surgery to try to learn about <laughs> brain tumors, and his girlfriend right, he's is just like some sort of research scientist. He is a research scientist trying to learn about brain tumors, and his girlfriend has a brain tumor, and she's uh, really sick. Uh, it they're, comes they're back married. very aggressively. She's trying to write a novel. She doesn't finish it, uh, and then she uh, has a pretty massive seizure. And then she's in the hospital, and she uh, dies. And that's her story. Yeah. Uh, and Hugh Jackman, you know, can't accept it and goes kind of insane, and everyone uh, kind of just lets that happen. Uh, and then the uh, the third of these is this super weird, uh, super. I think it's futuristic, but maybe not even yeah. actually happening. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on whether I think it's actually happening or whether it's just kind of like a purely metaphorical thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's Hugh Jackman is this weird, bald, like naked Zen space monk? traveler yeah. <laughs> guy uh, in a bubble floating through space with this big tree that he keeps like carving little pieces off of to eat. Uh, and uh, he keeps talking to it, and they're they're on their way towards a dying star that uh, they want to, I think, explode within in order to destroy the Mayan god of death, uh, and also right. themselves live finally or something. Um, and those three just kind of like jump in and out of each other; they flip over each other and stuff throughout the movie, uh, doing really cool little match cuts between each other and shit. Uh, sometimes characters from each will appear in each other's stories for various little moments. And then, um, yeah, after the, after Rachel in the modern day dies, then we go through this whole messy sequence of just like stuff is like jumping into each other's timelines, different things in the stories of the timelines are happening differently where like, where in one time the conquistador gets killed by the priest in this one, uh, he's saved by space traveler version of himself and then goes and finds the tree of life. Uh, and then in other ones, like he goes after his girlfriend in the snow. The point is we get all these different iterations and they all cross crisscross over each other. Yeah. And, and then, then it, kind it of ends becomes this big crescendo of all of the stories at once happening, kind of being the same thing of the conquistador finding the tree of life, the spaceman finding the nebula with the tree. Yeah. And then he, uh, the conquistador like basically bursts into flowers. Yeah. Uh, as the space. Yeah, exactly. Tr- like you see, so, so the initial iterations of all these are ones where, uh, where he dies, right? Uh, he Jackman yeah. doesn't die in the modern day one, but he dies in the nebula and he dies in the conquistador one. Uh, and, I guess Rachel Weisz kind of isn't in the space one, but she sort of is. Uh, she's the tree, I guess. Um, yeah, she's the tree. She's the tree, but I mean, like, the actress isn't the tree. Her character is. Uh, yes. Although that would be very funny <laughs> if she was in a tree costume, like, like a in a children's, Willow or something. Uh, like in a children's play. Uh, anyway, so the initial iterations of these all have Hugh Jackman dying, and then in these second iterations are kind of like the versions where he, like, cheats death and figures out how to how to do the thing he wants to do but then he dies anyway um right and that's kind of the movie and then the end of it is like he's in the star and it explodes and then uh uh and then we're back in the present time and he's kind of like okay with his uh girlfriend dying right yeah so the movie is kind of this big operatic 
thing about accepting death and mm-hmm. kind of trying to not to, to sort of show that if you spend your entire life trying to not die, you're just going to waste your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also about, you know, just dealing with the grief of losing somebody in a way that you didn't think you're supposed to, or feels unfair or whatever. Um, and, and so I think that, uh, neither of, neither of the booking ending stories, the, the future or the past are anything but her book. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that to me, I think that the conquistador stuff is straight up just what she wrote. Yeah. And then the endings of that and all of the future stuff is what he wrote. Okay. That's how I that's how I've always looked at it. I don't even think that I mean I know she did write the conquistador story at least, but like I kind of think of these all as like almost like fantasy like not necessarily even fantasies but rather like like visualizations almost of his own thinking about death where like he's kind right. of like playing out all these different scenarios of like ways that he can like get around it ways that he can you know not look it directly in the face and like in every single one of them he dies you know it's like yeah in the in the one where he like where he like risks it all for love and and does what she needs him to do and is her brave strong man like he dies by the priest and the one where he finds the the secret tree that like makes you immortal he dies and turns into flowers and the one where he like gets into the nebula to literally kill god he dies and turns into <laughs> plasma and whatever right um so it's kind of about the inevitability of it all but it also is kind of i was seeing it almost as like also showing like positive iterations of all these things and like how these things can be like this sort of like peaceful unfolding into infinity that she kind of starts to explain in that one scene where she's like you know i wasn't afraid i felt i felt embraced i felt loved i felt held you know yeah when i thought i was going to die i didn't feel like i was like you know he describes it uh in some quotes about this movie as like it's not a fade to black it's a fade to white you know it's 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 a it's a like it's not a like disappearing into a hole. It's a like exploding into an everything, you know? Yeah. Because that's, I think he's trying to show you like, that's what Isabel, what's her name? Isabel? Izzy? Uh, Izzy, yeah. Isabella. That's what she comes to believe. Mm -hmm. And like, she's, you know, through her research of like, you know, what she's trying to create is something that gives her peace and she's trying to live the last parts of her life. And the main, the main, like, I guess, conflict there is between someone who, someone who loves this guy and is just trying to be like, live the last couple months of my life with me. And the guy just obsessed with not being able to let go to the point that he's not like, living those moments with her yeah and it's it's such a fun like representation of sort of that folly that a lot of people get in. like pretty much everybody gets into at some point in their life when like somebody they love is is sick and dying and 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 the way that you like think like if i don't look at it it won't happen like if i get away from you know it's something we talked about a couple weeks ago with like the idea of being afraid to go to sleep because you know you'll die in your sleep and like it's it's just these kind of like little tricks that we play on ourselves where we're like if I don't if I if I don't 
if I'm not around her, she can't die, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. If, if I, like, if I research this brain thing, like, I can make a medicine that will save her. And, like, you know, his boss is like, what are you even thinking? Like, yeah, you can't just make a medicine in a, in a day. Yeah, like, like, even if you found the secret, even if you found the fucking thing, like, how long is it going to take to make that into a drug? You know, <laughs> like, you really need to, you need to just go and be with her. Like, right. that's what matters right now. This is happening. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting movie. I think it obviously, it does have some faults. I think there's stuff yeah. that's like, I don't know. Uh, I think acting wise, sometimes I'm not super going nuts for it. Uh, I so think for me, I think the, the, my big negatives are, uh, that it just feels like, unfortunately, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz's chemistry is sort of like, it's no good. Yeah. It's, it's just on the other side of acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not terrible. It's not like they have no chemistry. There are no. little, there's little moments, especially when they like, they're laughing. Uh, but I, I think I blame, I blame the writing a little. Um, I think that, you know, Darren Aronofsky, I think if there's anything that his is his one big problem as a filmmaker and the only time he's ever really got around this is the wrestler when he, have you ever seen the wrestler? Yes. Um, where he just says like, this is a movie about emotions and it's about, but one he didn't guy. write the wrestler. Did he? I think he did, but I could be wrong. Um, but I, he very rarely gets around this. Let's see. No, he didn't. You're right. He didn't yeah. even write it. So this is the thing. He's so, when he writes something, he's on a level of like, what is the metaphor mm-hmm. to where he kind of skips over like the actual showing, like connecting us to the characters. Yeah. He didn't write either of his, his best movies. Did he not write Black Swan either? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he's a big ideas guy and I really relate to this um, as a writer Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had this problem where it's just like actually showing somebody like the connection between two characters is like the hardest thing for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm much more interested in like the high level, like m- mechanical, like m- metaphorical stuff. Um, so I, I always kind of that specific problem is something I tend to give more of a pass. Cause I'm like, yeah, that stuff's hard. <laughs> um, but it really does kind of, hobble this movie a little bit that you just never even once see them have a great time like you'd never no. get, you never get to see them be in love and and even if you like i i understand why like you can't do that in some sense for this movie like it's or it's hard to do it for this movie at least but like it's just because of his like indignant madness i guess that he's like constantly avoiding it but right i don't know it it I think he's not, unfortunately, I think until she dies, he's not very good. (laughs) That's my biggest problem is I think that Hugh Jackman, and he's a wonderful actor. He's, I have always been a big fan of his. I think he is kind of hamming it up a lot of the time in this and like really big acting and like, yeah, he is such a big actor. And I, this time watching it, I really thought it worked in most of the everything, but the present day, Mm -hmm. like, when he's doing the conquistador, oh sure, yeah, you got to be a like, big guy for that. I was like, wow, this, he's really acting his dick off here. Yeah. Uh, the 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 future guy also he's sort of you know being real zen, but 
you could his little like facial movements really work. But it's unfortunate that you know you're given the the present day is the main one. You know that's the well, that's the problem. That's is the that, problem is <laughs> is that the present day is a story about a guy like overworking himself to save his wife. Yeah, and that feels you're right. Like he just is too mean sometimes. He's too big. He's too emotive, uh, and. And yeah, and that that I think that's the problem. But you're right. As soon as she's gone, all of the acting is much better. Yeah, and and his acting when she dies is very good. Um, yes, like when he's in the room, and and you know he's a. It's again he gets to be big, and and it makes sense. You know yeah. that's the problem, right? Is he's he's a big guy. That's his thing. He's he's the Wolverine. He's the boy from Oz. He's yeah. you know he's he's trained as a musical theater guy first and foremost. So I mean, like he's gonna be a big actor. Um, he's never been super great with like small moments. And unfortunately that's kind of what was called for in a lot of this. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to imagine what Brad Pitt would have done. Yes. Um, that is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, that's, I, I do kind of think it would be way better. Cause he's uh, so much, but in some ways charming. I think that it's good that it happened the way it happened because mm-hmm. I think that like, one of the most impressive things about this movie to me, and you knew it was coming, 90 minutes, it's my a, friends. <laughs> we have an it's epic a tale 90. that, but I mean, but I'm not even joking that. It's like, this is this is an epic story that spans thousands of years yeah. that explores death and love and infinity and like all these different things really nicely with like something to say and 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 a genuine thesis statement and 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 an idea that is picked clean there's nothing else left you know like there's there's not really much more to say on the on the subject by the end of the movie and it is 90 minutes and it's it's 90 in such a way that it feels like it's intentional because I, you know, like I saw that it was like 93 on my rental and, you know, it was 90 when it hit the fucking credits. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very tight. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think I, you know, I just think it could have used those extra, like another 15 minutes of fleshing out their relationship. Sure. 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 This is like one of those problems where it's like, you want to make this really grand statement about love, but you forget to actually show any love. It's yes. just like all arguing. And it's like, you have to infer that there was like a r- moon, you know, romance period before she starts dying. It's just like it, it, I get it. Yeah. You know what it's the problem is? Imagine I think that fixing it. <laughs> in the initial, in their initial interactions, when I think the first time we see them interact with each other after the first walk is that she's on the roof with the little, Telescope looking yeah. at the dying star. The nebula. I did not think uh, that they were together. I thought they were brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, they feel like they're just like bickering a lot. Yeah, so that's that's no good. Uh, the other thing I didn't like about this, and this feels like it must have been budgetary in nature, uh, but is really unfortunate, is that um, everything feels really claustrophobic throughout the whole movie every space is really like small Small. Mm -hmm. like they're always in a room or they're in you know a bubble thing that's like because what's funny is that you're literally floating in space but you're in a bubble you know (laughs) you're you're in the jungle but you're in a tiny little space between two fences you know everything is really fucking small and and even at the very end when he um 
finds the tree of life yeah and it's supposed to be like this huge expansive like garden that's like looks like it goes on forever but you're on like a tiny little platform in that garden yeah and you it know? feels really <laughs> small somehow even uh, when he's like even when he like he jumps into the fucking nebula to become part of infinity he's in a tiny little bubble it's everything in this is it's so interesting it's a movie literally about infinity where we float through space looking for a dying star and everything feels like it's the size of a fucking walk-in closet (laughs) yeah that that part of the movie has always felt wrong to me Mm -hmm. um and i I, I don't know if I, I can't really knock at any points. Like, it's just like, it just feels like they didn't have enough money. Like it yeah. feels like he just like wanted to do some, his, his sights were so big. Like he had, you know, he's so much to cover and he's just like trying to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think some of these things could have been remedied pretty, pretty cheaply. Like, I don't think that, they needed to always be indoors, you know, like they could have done a few more outdoor shoots before burying her. You I don't know? know. It's, it's definitely like a, it's definitely a directorial style too, though, because mm. like, even when they're at the, well, even when they're at the burial, the, at the funeral, like it f- somehow still feels so yeah, claustrophobic. They shoot everything really tight. So yeah, I guess I, maybe it's to like, give you more of that, like, I don't know to maybe give him too much credit. Like maybe the, the idea is that like, you know, you're kind of in, you're trapped and you're like, no matter what you do, you're, you're still here with us. You know, you're going to die too. Like you're, you can't look away. (laughs) Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, like I'm also kind of like, I guess black Swan is pretty like this too. Maybe it's just his thing. I don't know. Maybe he just likes to, he's like a little burrow guy. He's like a little like, (laughs) He's a little mole. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but other, I'll, I'll, we should also mention that this movie, uh, to me at least, uh, is incredible looking. Yeah, it looks um, really nice. It, uh, sometimes. I think there was a couple of effects where I was like, shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> when uh, he gets sucked into the star, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> like the oh, star the itself the looks movie? really beautiful. The star itself is beautiful and like shots of him flying into it. I didn't realize I I knew that shot of him flying into it from yeah. some meme from or memes, another. memes, yeah. Uh, but there's a there's like a side profile shot of him like right as he's floating into it where he starts to get like sucked into like this oh, like yeah, yeah. extruded shape where I was like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no the 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 parts where there's like pretty obvious CGI in this movie uh, mm-hmm. don't look so good. Uh, but uh, I think all the space stuff is like, sh- it's basically like, it's uh, what I remember reading at the time, because this was a movie I was like excited about in in like, you know, af- college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big fan of Aronofsky at the time. Um, so I was really excited about this movie. And I was like reading everything about it. And uh, they uh, did like macro photography of like chemical reactions under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And that's what space is. Like that's there's, cool. there's nothing. It looks else. like space. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, so I think there's just like a lot of really cool ideas in this movie. Um, you know the the conquistador stuff looks okay. I think the 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 tree of life stuff once he finds like finally finds it is the coolest looking stuff. But yeah, you, you know what really struck me 
all of the style of this movie is this is an A24 movie before mm. A24 existed. Definitely, like, yeah. Like the thing that happens three times where it's like upside down a vehicle going and then like the camera flips over it and then it's right side up. Yeah. Like that happens three times with the car and then with the spaceship and then with like a horse or something in the Conquistador. Mm-hmm. That's like every A24 movie does that now. Yeah, I mean, um, him exploding into the flowers is very uh, Midsommar. Yeah, so it just, it felt like, you know, all, the Green Knight wishes it could be this movie or, like, was very influenced by it. So it just feels, like, really ahead of its time and what it's trying to do. And I remember specifically, like, as a kid, just reading critical reviews of it, just being like, this movie doesn't make any sense. This is, like, weird and, like, too artsy. And it's like, it's not really... <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty kind of straightforward. It's a, it's just doesn't have a very obvious structure. Yeah, and there's like stuff that's left to your interpretation. But like you're you're a big boy, you can do it. You yeah, know? you can figure <laughs> like, this out. You can that's, manage. It's the, even if you just process it the way I said it. Like it's just like it's the book that she's writing, and then he finishes it. Like, and then he's yeah. like, and I search for the next thousand years. I figure out how to, but I can never make you figure out how to get back to life. It takes me a thousand years to except that we're going to like live to forever in death in some way. And then, yeah. and then we do like, and like you can just I mean, read I'm, it that way. I feel like I'm usually the one to be like, you know, this is confusing. It didn't make sense. Like point out when shit is like needlessly artsy or whatever. I'm generally not, <laughs> you know, one to shy away from making that sort of criticism. Yeah, sure. This is very much the kind of movie that like, it's purely vibe based you know like you can just kind of feel the movie and you'll get it like that's mostly what you're supposed to be doing here yeah yeah exactly like if you watch it and you feel you got it (laughs) you did it you watched the movie right (laughs) Uh, speaking of feeling like how did did you like it like what did you did it work on you at all or yeah i liked it i mean i'm particularly i feel like recently in particular i'm like I'm like seeking this sort of vibe. Um, Interesting. Like, I feel like I'm like, you know, when sometimes when you like, when your body is like, uh, like you've eaten meat in a little while and your body is like, get, like you start having like, like meat dreams. Like protein hunger. Yeah. Yeah. You have that specific feeling of hunger. Like, I feel like I've like recently had that sort of hunger for like sort of woo woo shit. I'm not really sure why or what that's doing or what that means or whatever, but like, (laughs) I feel like I've recently been like resonating with like spiritual shit more than I normally would. Interesting. Uh, So that happens happens to me like every couple of years. Yeah. I feel like it just happens sometimes where your body is just like, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you think about that for a little bit? <laughs> what do you really want to believe in? And like- yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, maybe you need to just like tamp back your general pessimism by just being like, hey, maybe the world is beautiful. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if it is all infinity, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Let's try Let's think about that for a while. <laughs> why not? You know? <laughs> yeah. And like, as I was talking about on the bonus episode, like this movie's subject matter is in terms of like grief, uh, really important to me. And I like, I really, really like the conclusions it comes to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like the way they deal with it and sort of, I, I like anything that sort of tries to find beauty in, and like seeing how life and death are sort of similar and like, you shouldn't 
it's just simply a part of it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, uh, Jackman is like making points in the movie that are sort of ant- antithesis of that he's like, death is a disease and I can cure it. And like, you know, but it, it kind of is like, no, don't try. Like, yeah, it's not really the point. Well, and like he says, there's all these things that you just kind of like, when he says them, you immediately clock them as like foolish things that we humans say all the time. Where right. like, and and I mean, it's obvious like you're meant to. Where like he says something like, um, "We have time, we have time." Like, yeah. and he's like almost delivering it directly to the camera for you to be like, "Oh, you fool! You don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. There's no such thing. Yeah, <laughs> you only have now, Hugh." <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you. <laughs> we're not all the wolverine <laughs> we can't simply have time so how do it, you have time <laughs> it's not a thing you possess yeah hugh <laughs> mr jackman no logan <laughs> so i think i think it's uh i think it's a really beautiful little movie uh that takes one of the biggest swings anyone's ever swung at like these concepts and really just meditates on it and tries to spend a lot of time doing something interesting with it. And I think it's mostly successful. I think it's like you said, it has some pretty big acting problems. It's definitely trying to do special effects with a little less money than it should be doing it with. Yes. Um, it feels a little claustrophobic in places or a lot of places, but I think overall, I like, I really liked this movie. I, I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's for me, probably my, like one of my favorite movies he's done. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's certainly not as good as black Swan. Okay. I need to watch it. I still haven't seen black Swan. Uh, yeah, I think you'll like it a lot. All right. Um, I but that's what it's so interesting his career is so interesting and I picked this one because I wanted to talk about him in general is that like he's a guy who has huge ideas yeah yeah and yeah. like whether and just like a really diverse like a diverse filmography like he's made a yeah. lot of types of movie yeah and I mean I think sometimes he will just really whiff like in the mm-hmm. case of Noah which is terrible never watch it uh and then sometimes he succeeds really interestingly like here and the wrestler and then sometimes you land somewhere did you like mother i never saw it uh i was just gonna say he lands somewhere in the middle with mother where Mm. this movie about climate change through the lens of like a very specific pointed like one for one metaphor about god making the earth and then like keeping him in like an abusive relationship so Mm. it's like the movie doesn't make any sense unless you read it specifically as a metaphor because it's about this guy who makes the lady he makes earth who's the mother and then she has their their like world is their house and then he keeps like inviting in all these people who just destroy the world their Mm -hmm. their house and she's like no and like it's just an abusive relationship horror story but it's like literally he's God and she's mother earth or whatever. Um, Weird thing to want to make, but it like, it's interesting. Uh, 
I, I can't I don't think I love it it's uh it's it's interesting though it's an interesting kind of whiff I think which sometimes I love an interesting whiff um <laughs> this one I think is a pretty nice hit um, yeah so I, I recommend it I think it's a really cool movie yeah I'd recommend it there's nothing else like this yeah that's that's the thing it's just like you very rarely see a indie darling his first this is sort of like an an Ariaster thing where it's like a guy who has he's going to be getting millions of dollars to do something really crazy and it's like one of those things where very rarely does that like happen and then hit I think so I highly recommend it all right <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I agree or you don't I agree okay I recommend I I wouldn't say highly but I do recommend it okay a, it's a, good a straight solid recommend okay anyway thanks so much for listening this has been generation loss we appreciate you we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you. you for being here if we you'd like love to you appreciate us you can go You're to my Patreon, friend <laughs> patreon.com slash generation loss where you will get bonus weekly episodes uh, we will talk about the movie news. We will rank all the movies we've ever talked about on this show. Uh, you will be able to hang out with us in the Discord and we'll watch the movie that we're going to talk about on the next episode. Um, and we do that every week. It's a great time. Please go to patreon.com slash generation loss and do that. Also rate our show, help people find the show. Uh, that's really So they say. Well. So they say. Uh, otherwise, follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod. You can follow us individually from there. Until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.